is our podcast, Do Androids Dream of Moving Pictures. I am your host, Reese Stobigan. It's Oscar season, so we had to do a podcast about the movies right around this time of year, and we got two great guests on the line, two people uh, more than ready to talk about films. I'd like to introduce first sitting in studio with me, Alan Stringer. Alan has an Instagram account called at Guy Gonger. That's Gonger, G-O-N-G-E-R, not Gone Girl or Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> Guy Gonger. Uh, he does movie reviews on Instagram, some really good stuff. Alan, welcome. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Thanks for having me. Long day? Uh, yeah, you could say that. You've been watching a lot of movies lately. I've been following your Instagram account, so <laughs> you've been putting in the work for this podcast. I like it. You better have some good opinions today. I think I do. Sweet. And also on the line uh, from Toronto, we have filmmaker Thomas Robert Lee, a filmmaker behind Empyrean. Thomas, what's going on, buddy? Not too much. Excited to um, chat movies with you guys today. Well, we're very, uh, we're very thankful. Some of you may know... Thomas was a guest on our podcast uh, a while back, so we're glad to have him back in the studio. Before we recorded that one, his uh, film was just about to premiere at the Calgary International Film Festival, and uh, it was awesome, awesome show. Both Alan and I were there. That was awesome. Uh, that's a, that was a labor of love one that there, Tom. <laughs> a couple of years in the making. And now... Uh, working on a new project. So we'll chat about that at the end of the podcast for now. Let's skip past all of that. Let's get right into the nitty-gritty. Boys, it's the Academy Awards coming up this weekend. Big weekend on the film calendar. I just want to get your guys' opinion. Right off the hop, the acting categories. You know, some of the great filmmakers of our time talk about how the most important thing in a film is the actors. It's who we're looking at. It's who we're following from start to finish. They're the most important thing. P.T. Anderson, huge actors, director. So, the acting categories, always a big category every year. It's the star power. Who do we think is going to take it? Best actor. Alan, who do you got? Well, straight up, right off the bat, uh, Ryan Gosling. Because range, that can go walk into any role and make it his own, and then make it really, really diverse. And that's what he does with La La Land. Um, I, like, I hate musicals. <laughs> I, I, I had to sit through that like it was a, a social studies class. <laughs> but straight up, he, he uh, owns every role that he's in. Okay. Good pick. Thomas, what do you think? Ryan Gosling's take? Uh, no, I don't. And I really like Ryan Gosling. I really liked his performance in La La Land. And I, I tend to like most of the stuff he does. But I think that Casey Affleck's going to win. Okay. Uh, Manchester, yeah. He's won pretty much all the other awards at this point, except for SAG, which went to Denzel. But I think that Casey's going to he's gonna take it. That's an interesting category this year, I have to admit. There's, you know, you have Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea, Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic. I think we can kind of, no offense to Vigo, love the guy, cut him right out of the conversation. I didn't even see the, the movie, it's, yeah. Yeah, and I think his odds are something like 1 to 60 right now, so unfortunately for Vigo, love the guy, he's cut. Uh, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, I, I personally have not seen that. I saw him in Silence, which I thought he did a very good job in. So Denzel Washington, as Tom mentioned, for Fences and Ryan Gosling in La La Land. So it's a pretty pretty stacked category this year. 
I mean, other than Denzel, though, I would say there's not really, like, a, a heavy hitter, kind of like a, a an actor who really has uh, who's been nominated multiple times before and is always just kind of in the conversation. So it's kind of an interesting year that way, as I'd say. And I, I got I gotta lean I gotta lean with my boy Tom here. I think that Casey Affleck's gonna take it. Uh, I love Ryan Gosling. I think that in La La Land that was his. It was the perfect role for him. It showed off all the things that he's really good at. He's so charming. He's he's so easy. He makes every performance look simple. Like you said, uh, Alan, he's got he's got great range and he can kind of make every role his own. But man, I don't know. Casey Affleck just had some serious control in Manchester by the Sea. Well, I hate to backpedal a little bit, but uh, I love Manchester by the Sea. I love Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. I want Casey Affleck to win. Okay. For sure. I, I just, like, you're asking me who's going to win? It's Ryan Gosling. Okay, okay. You're asking me who should win? It's Casey Affleck. The guy, that, that character that he put together, that was, that's nothing short of brilliance right there. And that really says something about acting, especially in, in uh, a world where we're, we're wa- watching um, Captain America movies and Spider-Man movies, and it's just it's just dead to me now. But then we get we get uh, Casey Affleck, and he just like brings the performance to a head here. I, I really really enjoyed that um, performance. Looks like he's starting to uh, jump on the Casey Affleck uh, bandwagon <laughs> here, Tom. We we just teamed up on him, and that was it. Well, Ryan Gosling is going to win. Like, <laughs> I, that, I put money on it. <laughs> and I think that is a really interesting distinction. Tom, would you say that, that Casey Affleck's not only the person you want to win, but the person you think is going to win? Or is he the person you just think is going to win, but you want someone else? Um, I mean, I think he's great. I think he's great in that film, and it's a really, like you said, like a really controlled, contained performance. But, yeah, I mean... Part of me would love to see somebody like Vigo win or Gosling win. And, like, Denzel's already won a few times. But I just think that – I think he's he's got it at this point. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Like you mentioned, he's, he's taken a lot of the acting awards already, which is a, a pretty heavy indicator of – who's going to take it at the Academy Awards. So I think the debate is settled. We're, we're thinking that Ben Affleck's going to win for – I'm sorry – I'm sorry. I was. When is Ben gonna get his? That's just what I want to know. If not for Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, then for what? <laughs> yeah. He's already won before. He won for best original screenplay for Goodwill Hunting. Doesn't right. count. That's Writers right. don't count. How old was he when he did that? He was like twenty, twenty something. I don't he was know. a young guy. Yeah, man. He was. He was a young man. He and Matt Damon. That was. Uh, that was a big one, actually. Like when you think about it, it was two. They were almost outcasts from the Hollywood establishment in a way because they were so young and they were kind of the movie star guys. That, so that was a big one. I got to agree. I, I think that that was, uh, I remember that was a good memory. Goodwill Hunting. Very, it's like underrated in that it's like kind of remembered as not really a movie maker kind of movie and then you watch it and it's actually really well done. Anyways, not to get off track, but best performance by an actress in a leading role. Okay, we've got Isabel Hubert for Ellie, Emma Stone for La La Land, Ruth Nega for Loving, Meryl Streep for Flourish, Foster Jenkins, and Natalie Portman for Jackie. I'm going to go right off the hop here, and I'm going to go to Tom. Because I know I know Tom was a big fan of Jackie. Tom, do you think Natalie Portman's going to take it for that role? No, I don't. I think that Emma Stone's going to take it for La La Land. 
And it's like, <laughs> and I okay. Sorry. What? Why? Why? Let's go. Let's let's hear. Let's hear. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just want to know why. I think. Well, even when it debuted at uh, Venice, she won Best Actress at that festival, and since then she's been picking up more and more awards. I think that if Natalie Portman hadn't won for Black Swan so recently, she would be a stronger contender. But I think, if anything, her big competition is Isabel Huppert for Elle, because she's been sort of picking up steam as well. But it's a much more challenging and European film. But at the same time, she's been putting in these kind of like great, strong performances for years now. Like she's, a, she's I think, in her 60s, and it could be one of those sort of career Oscar moments. But I think that La La Land, with its 14 nominations, I think it's going to... I think it's going to dominate this year, specifically with, yeah, Emma Stone taking Best Actress. Yeah, that's an interesting point about Isabel Hubert's uh, career longevity, that the, the Academy tends to do a, like, you know, recognition of your years of service kind of award every year. Somebody kind of gets one of those. So it'll be interesting to see if it, if it is um, uh, Isabel for Ellie. But as you said, it is a challenging role. I mean, a lar- in large part, it's... A, I, I personally haven't heard it, but it has been billed as sort of like a, a, a satire or a farce on a woman who is raped and gets revenge on her, her persecutors sort of take on it. So kind of an interesting one. Tom, um, Alan, what do, you, what do you say? What do you got here? Oh, uh, I just, like I got a little notebook right here and it says Emma Stone. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think she was good enough to, to, uh, even get nominated, really. I thought she broke character a couple times during the film. And, uh, I don't know, she's, she's wonderful. Like, she's, she is this wonderful presence in, um, in any, anything she does, but I just don't think it's the role for her to win, uh, Best Actress. And then, uh, for Natalie Portman, I got winner. (laughs) Basically because she nails it. She, she is Jackie O. Like, 100%. Uh, like uh, I said in my review, um, I, I'm, I'm a fan of JFK, uh, just anything. I, I, I eat it up. I, uh, I read about it. I watch old interviews. And really, those old interviews are what kind of solidified uh, um, Portman's portrayal of uh, Jackie. And uh, she just nails it. So, like, she, she's effortless as playing that character. And that's, that's what gets it for me. Um, Isabel Herbert, she is really, really, really good in, uh, L, but... Have I been saying it wrong? Is it L, not it's, Ellie? It's L. I said that L. at the, <laughs> I said that at the movie theater, and the oh. guy's like, you mean L? And I'm like, yeah, I meant L. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I think that movie's just too out there for people, for her to win it. But, uh... And that just sucks, because she's so good in it. She, I think she's better than both of them. Um, but I, I just think Natalie Portman's going to take it. I didn't see the other two. Um, I wanted to see Loving for Ruth Nega, but what can I do? Like, yeah, There's just so much time you can do to, to watch movies. Okay. But. Let's quickly go over the supporting actor and supporting, actri- uh, supporting actress yeah. nominees. So the best performance by an actor in a supporting role... Mahershala Ali from Moonlight, Dev Patel from Lion, Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water, Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals, and Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea. 
Real quick, Alan, who you got? Uh, I got Marshall Mar- Ali for the winner. Okay. Um, I just, I really, really liked him. It was just, uh, and I liked the character that he, he built, too. And it's so brief um, in terms of how much screen time he gets. Yeah, he's really only in a third of the film. So. Yeah, so, and it's just so powerful. Uh, at the same time, though, uh, uh, Michael Shannon uh, really saves Nocturnal Animals for me. Okay. Uh, he's really, really good in it. Um, Jeff Bridges is always good. I don't think he's going to win it, though. Dave Pat- or Dev Patel, um, wasn't he the main character? Like, I thought he would be just not supporting actor. He would be best actor if that was going to be the case there. But uh, We're not going, we're not going to go into the categorization yeah. of the Academy Awards, uh, how they pick. And yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, Lu- Lucas Hedges, uh, he was really awesome opposite Casey Affleck. Like, um, the... Just, just them working off each other. I really like. He was the supporting actor, if you want to like put it that way. So, so, so then who you got? Who you got? You got Mahershala. Mahershala. Okay. Yeah, I have to go with that. Okay, Tom. What about you? Yeah, I think Mahershala Ali is going to take it as well. He was the, uh, in a lot of ways, he was like the heart of that film, mm-hmm. and it was such an unexpected role. Like you see him, he's like the drug dealing gangster, but he turns out to be so much more and like that final scene he has with the boy at the end of the first act when he's explaining what the word faggot means and the the way he phrases it was so nuanced and so gentle and had so much empathy for for the kid i mean i thought i thought it was great yeah i gotta agree with both you guys i think that he uh he was awesome in that movie I, I'm disappointed because I love Jeff Bridges. I always like to see when Jeff Bridges gets uh, gets recognized because I think he's just like a living legend. Awesome. And I'm a bit disappointed because Michael Shannon will have to lose as well, and I'm a humongous fan of Michael Shannon too. Um, but I, I got to agree with both of you guys. So, moving on, best performance by an actress in a supporting role. Uh, Viola Davis for Fences, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures, Michelle Williams, Manchester by the Sea, Naomi Harris for Moonlight, and Nicole Kidman for Lion. Tom, we'll go back to you. Who you got? Uh, I think Viola Davis is going to take it. She's one of those actors who's like super well-respected in the industry. Everybody loves her. She's consistently turning out these powerhouse performances, and it's just, you know, all points, all, all signs point to Viola Davis winning this. Like, she won the Tony because it's a, it's an adaptation of a Tony uh, or of a uh, Broadway revival, and like the like the other ones uh, I mentioned, she's been like consistently winning all the awards. I would love to see uh, Naomi Harris take it for Moonlight because uh, I thought that was a really great performance, and, she, and apparently she filmed that in only three days, which right. makes the performance even more impressive. But I think Viola Davis is going to take it. Yeah, I think Naomi Harris filmed that during her her break for the press junket for Spectre. Yeah, I think I saw. was the story. Yeah. So that is yeah, that is quite impressive, especially because she's you know you're traveling around, you're flying for a big movie like Spectre, and you're doing all this all this media, and then you drop in on set, boom, and th- to throw out that kind of performance, yeah, that is a, a really good point. It was quite staggering. Um, Alan, what do you what do you got to say here, bud? I got to say, yeah, it's a toss up between uh, Harris and Davis. Uh, 
Uh, I just watched Fences last night, actually, <laughs> so it's fresh in my mind. Um, she is so... She, um, she just fills the scene. So, man, what? <laughs> that, it's just so tough. And then Harris, she, her character is just so um, captivating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to say Davis. Um, I think she has more screen time and just more to give. And that'll be a, uh, an award well-earned. I think Viola Davis is phenomenal in everything she's in. Mm-hmm. I, I personally think she should have won um, for Doubt uh, a number of years ago. I thought she was phenomenal in that, and she, she didn't. Um, so that that's another really interesting category. I'm really looking forward to see who, t- who takes that. Um, but i got to agree with both of you guys, Viola Davis. She's a runaway train. She's going she's gonna to take it. Yeah. So with the act categories, we're thinking Affleck. We're thinking uh, uh, actress. Who's actress? We had. Oh, I said Emma Stone. Alan said. Uh, yeah, I said Portman. Jack Yo. Uh, now okay. okay, and then Mahershala Ali and Viola Davis. Boom. You heard it here first. Don't place bets on it because we're not going to pay out. So the the second thing that I wanted to talk about, we got the acting awards out of the way. I wanted to, to try and change this up a little bit because every year there's sort of like a category where you know as a film fan you, you look at that category and you think man like this is the movie this is the person this is the this should win you know and you're that's the thing you're more interested in than anything else and it's like not an acting category or director or something like it might be a writing category those are the ones sometimes that i get the most excited about so i want to put that to you guys what's one category where there's a picture that that you're just you're pulling for that movie or that person. Alan, I'm gonna go to you first. Which category do you think, and what's the movie? Well, uh, I like. Um, I was thinking I was gonna do writing, but uh, I write a lot about uh, cinematography. It's uh, one of the. It it is the thing when it goes to going to see the movies. This is what you're watching. So in those respects, um, how do you guys' last name? Uh, Pietro. Pietro? Pietro. Pietro? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, for Silence. Um, I, I loved how that movie was shot. It's, uh, it just had this like ghostly essence to it. And again, with um, the Kurosawa kind of inspiration, I thought was that was there. It's not a samurai movie, but it had that tone. And it, it just worked so well for me. I, I really, really loved, loved how that uh, movie was shot. Um, so there's that, but this year, uh, with these nominations, like uh, the even the low one on the totem pole lion, that movie is shot so well. Uh, I didn't really like it uh, as a whole, but the cinematography in that movie is absolutely amazing. If you want to see a pretty movie, see Lion. Um, La La Land, it could get it too, um, just based on. Uh, the spectacle that it is, like uh, the way that the camera moves, uh, the way that um, they have to shoot, like the whole um, beginning sequence of that movie is like, how did they do that? Yeah. And and I heard it was all by Steadicam. I'm like, yeah, bull. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, how they make the the color really pop in that movie. Exactly. Great. Yeah, it's just yeah. A, it's amazing. Now, here's, th- this is a good. Ca- I like this category because Tom is a filmmaker, so Tom knows better than you or I. <laughs> Uh, what goes into actually shooting a picture? So, Tom, what, what would you say about this category? You agree? You got Rodrigo Piero uh, for cinematography. Yeah. No, I think that I think that 
La La Land takes it. Okay. A lot of the, Linus Sang- Sangren. Yeah, Linus Sangren. Because, like, like you said, like the way the colors are so... Like, the whole palette of the film is really impressive. And I think it was also shot on film. And the way that they do all those big musical numbers in a single camera take. And there was just so much energy to the move... Like, with the movements. And I don't know. I think it's just... I think that's the one to win. I would love to see Arrival. You know, actually, it's a great, it's a great category this year. I haven't yeah. seen, but it actually won at the American Society of Cinematographers. They voted that as the best cinematography of the year. But of the other four, I mean, if any of them won, I would be happy. Like the way Moonlight looked, Silence, Arrival, they all had amazing, amazing cinematography. Yeah, they really that did. La La Land's the one that's gonna that's gonna take that. Yeah, cinematography is one of my favorite categories every year for sure because it's one of those things where I never feel like I feel like it's an open field every year because there's so many extremely talented cinematographers in in the business. Every movie that gets into that category, you know, is just a beautiful film. It's just every one of those those candidates has a, an amazing eye and and knows how to use their camera and exploit their cameras just perfectly so i love this category and it's also the one that's the most fun to talk about other than writing ones because you can kind of you, you can really get into the nitty-gritty about like you know uh, film technique and the differences between how they shot the movies and how each of them look they're always so very different so i think that that was a good pick uh tom now to you which what's the movie the category the person that, that you're really pulling for um, I would love to see Mika Levy win Best Score for Jackie. Um, I'm a huge fan of her work. Like, she scored uh, Under the Sin, I think, later, that, uh, yeah, well, Johan, where she's the alien. Yeah. And this is only the second film she scored, but she's got, she's able to churn out these crazy, spectral, really haunting scores that, like in Under the Skin, seem so alien, and I think that that quality really worked well for Jackie with this woman just dealing with the aftermath of her husband's very, very public murder. But at the same time, you know, she's a mother and she's also an individual, but she has to put on this face. And I feel like the music did so much to, to communicate all the different things that must've been affecting, uh, this woman. Um, I think that La La Land's going to win for score because that's, it's so hummable and everybody loves it, but including me, but I just think that I would love to see Mika Levy take it for Jackie. Al, yeah. do you have a disagreement about the score? Score is score is one of those things, and I think it's just those two this year, to tell you the truth, um, in that category. I didn't see Passengers. Uh, Moonlight, it was a really good score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really, really well done. It's just uh, a little too small. And for Lion... Um, not a chance. <laughs> Compared to Jackie and La La Land, there's really not a chance at all. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting category, and I think uh, I really like La La Land had the one uh, that one song that they used throughout the film that was very melancholy, and it just it always brought you back to the for me at least to the the, the real feeling of that film. Every time yeah. they played it, it reminded me, and I was like, oh yes, this is what this movie's about. It's not about you know. Ooh, Hollywood level. It's about the other stuff. So I'm going to go with this one every year always gets me word up. This category every year. Best animated feature. 
every year I get worked up about this category because it's always where it's like, okay, there's a Pixar movie, a Disney movie, a DreamWorks movie, and they just get all the love because everybody in the biz loves those three companies and the, and the stuff they churn out. And every year I'm like, no, like there's, there's some independent studio, some smaller, you know, it's like a British studio will churn something out and you're like, this is the movie, this is the one that's the best. And so this year, there's a couple films in the best animated feature category that that I, I just feel should win. I think Kubo and the Two Strings was my favorite animated movie of the year. Possibly one of my favorite movies of the year. I don't know. I can't tell you why, but it's just a, a, an excellent fable, uh, a tremendous story, and the animation is mind-blowing. And the cinematography, the way that it's storyboarded, felt very much like a live-action feature film. It was phenomenal, and it's probably not going to win. It's probably going to be Moana, and The Rock is going to go up on stage, and he's going to accept the award for some strange reason. They'll get him to do it, and I'll just be, I'll just be fired up. And the other picture that I would hope would win would be The Red Turtle. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it. I'm just literally saying that it should win because Studio Ghibli is awesome, and that should just get it because. But it's probably going to be Zootopia or Moana. And everyone's, all the kids are going to go to sleep right after that category. And the parents are going to be happy. And I'm not going to be. Discourse. What do you think? Alan? Uh, okay, well, straight up, I don't see musicals and I don't see animated features. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't see any of these movies. But based on the numbers, and that's one thing I really love about uh, Film Talk, is sometimes the numbers tell a story. Um, Moana... I think that got a really good box office. Utopia is probably higher, though. Uh, I don't know these numbers. I'm just guessing. But uh, those two movies are probably the contenders just based on their box office. That's how the animated category works. It's the box office. Nobody... Like, these movies are for kids. <laughs> no, they're not, damn it, Alan. They're beautiful pictures. Thomas, what do you think? Uh, I think uh, Zootopia wins. It seems like it was the most popular movie of the nominees. And like you said, it's Disney, so it's, it's, they're a juggernaut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really are. It, it's, fun, it's a funny fact that it's like Zootopia is Disney, and the Red Turtle is Studio Ghibli. Disney owns Studio Ghibli. So it's one of those things where it's like, the, the one is under the, the main masthead banner. Of course it's going to win. My life yeah. is cheat cheat. Like, what is that about? Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I just always get worked up about it because there's always one animated or, or a couple animated features in there that are really mature pictures. They're not, like, going for the kids and trying to get the parents in the studio or in the theater to pay their twelve fifty. It's a picture that you're like, I, I like this as much as I like, you know, Moonlight or La La Land or something. So I'm going to be disappointed when Kubo doesn't win. I love the hell out of it. It's unfortunate, but... All right, moving on to the last. This is this is the big one. Every year, to me, these are the two categories that always really command the conversation. And it's Best Picture and Best Director. So, I'm just going to go straight up. Who you like, Tom? In either one. Start with one, doesn't matter. I think that... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just looking over all the nominees right now. I think that Best Picture is definitely... It's going to go to La La Land. It's just... I don't know. I think it'd be stupid to put money on anything else at this point. It's a movie 
like Argo or like The Artist, where it's a movie about Hollywood, and Hollywood likes that, so they're going to reward it. But at the same time, I think it's it was put together like extremely well. It's I like you mentioned the melancholy that adds a whole other dimension to it, where it could have just been this one note sort of joy fest, but it ends in a in a place that's so unexpected and so emotionally poignant in a way that I wasn't expecting in a way that clearly nobody was expecting because it's, it's gone this far. Um, which takes me right into director. And I think that, I think Damien Chazelle is going to, he's going to be the, the one to, uh, to take the best director Oscar this year as well. Um, I think he's a good writer, but I think he's a very good director as evident by this and whiplash. Like he's a guy who can conjure up so much, so much energy. And he has such, affection for both movies and music that it's just, it seems like the logical endpoint of where he's been going so far with his career that it would be, you know, an Oscar winning night for him making a musical. Right. And it, it is uh, a narrow favorite according to betting odds at the moment. I think it's a one to seven favorite in most places uh, over Moonlight, which is around one to eight. So, La La Land seems to be the way that people are leaning, and it won the Golden Globe for Best Musical and Comedy, which, it, whatever, I mean, you know, it's kind of strange they have the two, but anyways. And it won the BAFTA, whereas Moonlight won just the Golden Globe for drama, so they both kind of cancel each other out at the Golden Globes, but La La Land at least took the BAFTA, so I feel like there's Hollywood, or at least the movie industry, tends to be leaning to La La Land. And I completely agree, Tom, it is that kind of thing where... If you, if you want to win an acting category, it's like, play a person with a disability. If you want to win a Best Picture, make a movie about Hollywood, right? Like, that's one of those, that's one of those things. Um, Alan, do you agree, or you, you can go in a different direction there? Um, well, see, there's a lot of nominees on this Best, best Picture this year. Um, and you get your Oscar bait and all that stuff, but I think... I think La Land is going to win Best Picture. I think Moonlight's going to win for Best Director. I would love to see Arrival win Best Picture, and the only reason is because no sci-fi has ever won Best Picture, ever, in the Academy Awards. Interesting. And uh, I think that's the picture to win uh, for, the, uh, for uh, a sci-fi film in the Best Picture category. But it's, it's, it's probably going to be La La Land. I mean, that's such a, like, huge movie too like it's just all about what it is you can do when you're making a movie they had everything in that movie um and moonlight it's a great film it has a great message and it, it really really speaks to me but um i just it, i don't think it's as as put together as la la land is um, but for direction, I think Moonlight 100% has it in the bag. Uh, it, like Barry Jenkins, he really, really, um, what's the right word? <laughs> kicked ass. He did kick ass. He, he, um, he just had that film, like, he, it's like he, he had the vision and he was able to manifest it perfectly. And, uh, with a very, very small budget, whereas um, Chazelle had all the money in the world to make La La Land, it seemed. So, 
Um, I don't know. I guess you could say it's a toss-up, but uh, I really think Barry Jenkins is going to win Best Director. Right. Now that, that it's interesting to me also because, like you mentioned, La La Land seems to be this bigger, have a bigger budget. Moonlight's a bit smaller, but they're they're both kind of labors of love. They're both pictures that both oh, yeah. these directors put a lot of work into, and it seems like you know both of these films are sort of like their this is it. This is, this is, I'm putting all my energies, this is going to be my pulp fiction kind of thing. This is my calling card movie. Um, which makes the, which, which makes choosing between the two really interesting to me and seeing who's going to win is because I kind of like, I can't really say one or the other to me is superior because I feel like they're so different and they're both clearly movies that these people worked really hard on. Um, now, in terms of the best directing category, it's worth mentioning, since you know we are uh, Canadian, that Denis Villeneuve is the least likely to win best director. His odds are around one in sixty, and I think that's a bunch of horse crap. I think that is just so dumb. He, that movie is so well well done. I, I can't. I'm just so upset that they would give our Canadian boy one sixty, one to sixty. I, I got it right here. I hope he does. I say all that stuff right now, but I want uh, I want Dennis to win it. <laughs> He's awesome. Like his pictures are fantastic. Now, personally, I hope Kenneth, Kenneth Lonergan wins. Um, I think that of all of those pictures, the guy who handles the emotional aspect, what a lot of people go to movies for, the emotion. I think he nails it on the head. I think he's he's got a perfect grasp of the emotion of those characters, and he just plays it just perfectly. Um, that movie is way too flawed to win. Oh, There's, like, is... actually too many flaws in that movie. There's okay. some blocking issues, for sure. There's, yeah, like, take away all the other stuff, make it a stage play. You got some problems here, man. You got to, like, work on them, and they should... They're, I, I would love to forgive them, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Tom, Tom, back me up here, Tom. Come on, you're a director. Back, in, back me up here. No, I think that Lonergan, I think he's a better writer than he is a director, and I think he's going to win for best screenplay. Mm. But I think that in terms of emotion, La La Land is a much bigger film, and Manchester is a much more small and contained film. Even the sort of the big reveal about uh, the character's tragedy in his past, that's the most emotional scene in the movie, that or when he bumps into his ex-wife on the street but even then, those are still very subdued uh, moments in the film. And the character is so inward. But in terms of just, like, outward emotion, I think La La Land or Moonlight are the, are the, are the heavier hitters in that regard. Well, I have to agree with you there in terms of who are the heavier hitters. I just, I just that's just for me, that's like Manchester by the Sea was just like this. He hits the tones so perfectly throughout the movie, anyway. Besides, yeah. I'm not going to try and argue my point anyways. You guys are ganging up on me. Neither one of you guys is on my side here. So that's fine. It's going to be an interesting night. And I think, and I'm certain that Damien Chazelle is going to win to director. And he's going to be the youngest director to ever win. So that's going to be something cool to see. I did not know that. Hmm. That is actually quite interesting. I've fallen a little bit out of love with the Academy Awards over the last few years. And I think that's a big reason for it is at the end of the day... You know, like, this is this is Hollywood, this is the, the industry insiders, they're all kind of patting themselves on the back and they're letting us all watch because they're broadcasting it on TV. That's just sort of how I feel. Maybe it's, obviously it's not necessarily what it is, but they're going to all go up there and, and let their little, 
this is this is what I'm championing right now. And it, like you said, Tom, it's all gonna be anti-Trump, anti this, anti that. And oh man, I you know what? I I get enough of that on my Twitter feed on a daily basis. I don't need to tune into a television program to hear it for four and a half hours because you know it's gonna go over. You know it's gonna go too long. It always does. It always does. So yeah. All right. We're going to finish up with a segment. Alan, I liked your idea there. You clearly want to just lay it out, what your top five are. You just, you're really eager. So let us know. What's your top five this year? From okay. 2016, I guess. Okay, uh, so starting from five, um, this isn't like a best picture movie or anything like that. It, it's The Witch. Um, that movie should win uh, best writing, just straight up. The dialogue <laughs> in that movie is amazing. Um, written I was in like old English. Written in the uh, old colonial, colonial, yeah, like old English, and I, I just wow, I, I was like captivated. And then everyone I saw it with was like, "That sucked. I didn't get it." And I'm like, <laughs> "We gotta listen." Anyway, uh, coming in at number four is Manchester by the Sea. That movie is it was just amazing. Uh, I know I dish on the directing on it a little bit, but um, ultimately that is that was a very well done picture. Um, Number three, Arrival. Um, I love me sci-fi. Just put it that way. Um, but that movie is... It, it doesn't play like a sci-fi, even though it has this heavy, heavy sci-fi element. And it made me really, really think. And I love thinking sci-fi. So that's why that's in the number three. Number two, uh, High Rise. Just a fun movie. Um, number two, though. That's yeah, high. and okay. I, I, I love having fun at the movies, and I really, really had fun. I saw this with you, Tom, when you came in for the Underground Film Fest. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I thought I don't know if you had as much fun watching that movie as I did, but it was just like a party. And again, a, a sci-fi that doesn't really play like sci-fi, but really awesome. And then... Uh, number one. Coming in at number one is The Handmaiden. Yes! That is the best movie made all year. I don't care what anyone says. Um, writing, directing, um, cinematography, name it, it has it. And, uh, and the shock value's there too, obviously, um, being the subject matter. But uh, that's my top five. and It's worthy. It's worthy. That is a good top five. Yeah, Tom, I'm, any disagreements? I'm, Anything? What do you got? What do you got? A top five written in front of you or are you just going to spitball it? Uh, yeah, I, I actually, yeah, a couple, one shows up on the same. So yeah, I'll do like reverse order like Alan did, but number five, I would say the witch, which was just like, it was, it was a, it's an instant uh, classic. Like it's going to be one of those movies, you know, like the shining or like the exorcist where like, you know, for years and years and years, there'll be like kids who are like going to sleepovers being like, Hey, I got to show you this crazy movie. And then they'll watch <laughs> all be like terrified it's going to be one of those movies where for sure it'll forever be a horror classic and i think it's totally deserved like the, like alan said the writing with like the weird like ye old english dialogue was so awesome and it felt so authentic like the costumes the production design the crazy weird score and the inevitability of its ending yeah. uh which was like such a great way to end that film yeah i loved it uh, for number four, I'd say The Wailing, which is a film from South Korea. It played at Cannes, and then it opened and was like a huge hit in South Korea. It's uh, 
kind of like this epic, sprawling folk horror police procedural <laughs> about this kind of like bumbling idiot of a cop in this small town who all these people start dying in this horrible way in his, in his uh, village where they, they go insane and then they kill everybody. And so he's like wondering what the hell's going on. Meanwhile, this Japanese man has come to the village and they're all starting to say like, oh, it's the Japanese man's fault. <laughs> and as the, it sort of winds and goes into all these weird directions, it enters like weird occult horror territory. And it was, it, it was nuts. It was, it was probably next, next to La La Land, like the strongest emotional response I had to a movie where, where I left and I was just like, that was fucking incredible. <laughs> uh, number three, I'd say Jackie. For a lot of the reasons I said, like I thought it was so such a great unconventional way to to do a biopic, to just choose like a very small section of somebody's life, but obviously a very tragic and defining moment for this woman. Uh, but yeah, the direction, all the acting, uh, the score—it was just yeah, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Uh, number two, La La Land, which you've talked a lot about, so yeah. I won't say anything more. Uh, and then my favorite movie of the year was actually one I didn't ex- wasn't expecting called 20th Century Women with Annette oh, okay. Bening. Yeah. It's it's nominated for best original screenplay. Yeah. But it's uh, it's about this woman and her son. They're living in uh, Santa Barbara, California in the late 70s, and it's just about their relationship. And Mike Mills, the writer director, he based the character on his own mother, um, and he was uh, the main boy's age uh, in 1979. And it's just this really, like, warm, affectionate look at at his mother, but with this hilarious cast of other characters that live in the same house, like Greta Gerwig's in it, and she plays this woman who's dealing with a sickness, and Billy Crudup is this kind of, like, stoner repair guy who works there, and it's got, it's, like, steeped in punk music, and the director used to be somebody who worked in graphic design and sort of other art media. He also did the movie Beginners. Okay. The movie has this sort of collage feel to it. And it was like halfway through the movie where I was just thinking, like, I never want this movie to end because I love the world that I'm in right now. That's a hot take, I think, right there. Because I heard of 20th Century Women, and I was like, yeah, I'd probably watch that movie, but I have not heard anybody else talk about that movie. Yeah, neither have I, actually. I uh, I didn't know it was about punk rock music. I love punk rock music. I want yeah. to check that out for sure, man. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's so... It should have been... Like, Annette Bening should have been nominated. It should have been a bigger a bigger force this award season. Sadly, it wasn't. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, then it comes to me, I guess. I'll, I'm not going to go reverse order or front... Or front way... Because I, I don't like ranking things. Everything's beautiful to me. But there is a trend here. I have The Witch in my top five. <laughs> totally agree with you guys. Uh, that was just... Everything you said, ditto. Plus, I have a thousand other things I would say. Fantastic movie. Uh, I have Green Room. I loved Green Room. Uh, kind of like The Witch in, this, in the sense that it's like... I feel like this is a movie people will come back to. Like, Tom, you said... Someone's going to say, man, you got to check this out, and everyone will sit down and then just blow their minds. These teenagers yeah. will be like, movies, I didn't know they could be this way. 
Um, I gotta throw Arrival in there as well in my top five. I loved Arrival. I thought it was fantastic. That was one of those movies that I thought about all night and then thought about all day the next day and then wanted to see it again. But, you know, I gotta spend my money liberally, right? I gotta go <laughs> see everything that's out there. So I, I didn't go see it twice, but... Uh, then I got to see Kubo and the Two Strings. I got to go through in the, my top five, man. I just I just loved that movie. I don't know what it was about that. It might have been because it was a stop motion thing, and I'm a huge fan of stop motion uh, animation. And then the story and the writing and the cinematography and the colors and everything. Great movie. Alan, I got to go with The Handmaiden, man. I dug The Handmaiden. That was some twisted awesome stuff like that is a movie that you will catch you off guard a hundred percent and i don't even mean just like it's a twisty movie it's just it hits you in every way like it's funny but it's dark but it like the characters are interesting and everything about it was fantastic um and then if i'm pushed there's like so many movies i would put in my top five at the end of the day but i think i think i would have to go with moonlight to round out that top. No, you know what? I'm going to go with La La Land. I'm going to go... I'm splitting hairs. I really, really love La La Land. And a lot of the conversation recently about how it's like... So many people are saying, oh, I hated it. I don't know why it's getting so much love. And it's actually... It's a racist movie and all these things. And I was just how, like... How is it, it was People uh, resent that John Legend, who plays the musician that Ryan Gosling's band, he joins... Yeah. He's seen as the corrupter of jazz music, but he's African-American, and Ryan Gosling is white. But Ryan Gosling's the one who's this pure jazz musician. So people seem to resent that the corrupter of jazz, which is a, is a black um, uh, genre of music, is corrupted by a I black man. I didn't see it that way at all. I saw it as Ryan Gosling as the... Um the, the the person that is trying to keep jazz the way it is, the, the classical way of jazz. And I saw that character, um, what was the guy's name, sorry? Uh, John Legend is the actor. John Legend? Yeah. Well, his, his portrayal of um, the, the corrupter, I don't think he was the corrupter at all. I thought he was the innovator of jazz. And, uh, and like, everybody liked it and everything like that. And he was bringing it back to people. I thought that's what that was all about. Um... As a negative, as a negative, and a um, a conflict point for Ryan Gosling's um, classic way, uh, I didn't see a negative at all there. I, I, I maybe I don't know. That's just the way I saw it. That's interesting. Tom, what do you think? This is a sticking point with uh, John Legend in La La Land. Yeah, the character. I don't know. It's like he even says it himself at one point to Gosling's character. He's like, he's like, jazz is all about. Uh, he's like, how are you going to be? how are you going to be a revolutionary for such a traditionalist? Yeah. Like the, referring to the fact that jazz music was so like incendiary and like crazy. And like, it was, you know, such a force in its heyday, but I don't know. I mean, there's always going to be backlash to any movie. That's, that's like a perceived front runner at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So people are just like digging for anything. But I mean, I felt like there was quite even in the opening number, like, the casting is really diverse. So, I don't know. I mean, we're, like, three white guys talking about this. We're, like, clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the people who should be, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, like, a, such a loaded topic, right? I didn't even hear about that, though. It just surprised me. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
No, it's and I, I agree with you, Tom, uh, from a certain perspective. But I also think that that as a person who watches film and interprets character and interprets story, I just did not interpret it that way at all. So you know, yeah, and that's I mean, what, I the same way. Yeah. Um, so I would say that I would squeeze that into my top five because all the conversation was people were trying to sour me on it, and I'm not gonna let them sour me on it. That's a top five movie. Loved it. I hate musicals, and I gave it a nine point five. I think. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, a skeptic liked it. Well, I had to. Pay, I had to really, really watch that movie hard. That was a hard movie for me to watch. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, it's a really, really well made movie. If you love musicals, if you love film altogether, you should see La La Land. It's 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 what a movie should be. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to thank you two guys for joining me. It's uh, it was a total pleasure having you here, Alan. Uh, thank you very much, my man. Let us know, uh, what is your Instagram handle again? It's, uh, at Guy Gonger. At Guy Gonger. Make sure you give a follow. Really cool, short movie reviews in an Instagram post. Uh, really great stuff. I follow you on, on Instagram. Read your stuff on Facebook, usually, because of double posts. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Uh, Tom, thank you to you as well. What, what are you working on lately, or can you tell us as a big secret? Um, still, I've got two projects on the go right now. I've got a short film uh, that I just applied for some funding for. Um, uh, should be hearing back around the beginning of March, so hoping to get that. And that's kind of like a like a weird movie about this about this like crazy old lady who used to be a famous performer, and she terrorizes this younger man who's a who's a pianist, and she's trying to like stage a comeback. And then, uh, yeah, it's called Whatever Befell Our Dear Mademoiselle. <laughs> and then I've got another feature that I'm, uh, I just finished a new draft on, and I'm, I've got, uh, yeah, there's a few companies that are interested in, in making it happen, and that's, uh, it's called The Ballad of Audrey Earnshaw, and that's uh, a folk horror movie. We talked about that one before. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sounds like you got things on the go. We, uh, I know, I know Alan and I are big supporters of your stuff and always keep our eyes out and, and, uh, Tell people about your work, so we will continue to do so. And I want to thank you both for being here today. You have been listening to Do Androids Dream of Moving Pictures, a podcast on the Not the Public Broadcaster podcast lineup. Thank you very much, and have a great